0: You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back in to a brand new episode, Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On NFL Network, your team every day. From the South Stands to the end zone, I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke. Broncos endless for 9 News and the Locked On Network, and we are joined alongside today. Today is the first official day of our new co-host here, Locked On Broncos. That is Sarah Bettinger. So stoked to have him. You guys can follow him on Twitter, at Sarah Bettinger. Sarah, welcome into the show, my man. This is it. We're going to be talking with Broncos country all year long, bringing them exclusive coverage every single day on their favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube and video format. I'm so excited to have you, bro. It's the best, man. I'm pumped. I can't wait. Uh, I've been looking forward to this, and uh, I'm excited. Today's day one, so here we go. Let's get at it. Hey, man, hey, it's game week, Sarah, and you know what that means. Saturday, 2 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time, the Broncos on the road at the Minnesota Vikings. This week will be filled with a lot of storylines as both teams, the Vikings and the Broncos, hold joint training camp practices on Wednesday and Thursday. We'll get into that, what we're looking forward to seeing this week a little bit later on the show, but let's get into our Broncos weekend notes. The Broncos held practice on Saturday at the UCL Training Center, and then Sunday at the Pat Bowlin Fieldhouse, originally intended for Empower Field at Mile High. For a scrimmage, a, a real stadium like a game day experience, according to Broncos head coach Vic Fangio. Obviously, due to the air quality that was moved to the Pat Field Fieldhouse, but the intensity on Sunday was ramped up. Now, before we get into some of the notes about the Broncos training camp scrimmage, let's talk about some Broncos news and notes here. Obviously, uh, Saturday, the story was a little bit of fisticuffs at Broncos practice between... Garrett Bowles, and Bradley Chubb. This was a practice where there was just shells. There were shoulder pads and helmets, but no lower leg pads. And uh, it was a pretty heated issue uh, outside of that. It got resolved within 45 minutes to an hour. They shook hands. They were good. But, Sarah, you know, I think there's a split in the fan base. People who are excited about the fight and people who are like Vic Fangio were like, hey, it does nothing good for us. What are your thoughts on a little bit of that intensity when it gets mixed up and a couple of punches get thrown?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that happens. And uh, I I know we've heard from Dalton Reisner a number of times from the beginning of his career, dating back to his time at Kansas State. You know, he kind of almost like schedules the fights in because it's just you kind of have this understanding that it's going to happen. You know, the, the intensity out there on the field, it's hot. You're going up against the same guys over and over again. You start talking. And just like with any family, brothers, sisters, we all understand this that you kind of tend to fight with your siblings a little bit the more you're around each other. You kind of get tired of their, like, little things that they do, you know. So I I can understand it from that perspective. I don't like it if it's, like, a recurring thing or if you have a guy that's just constantly out there trying to pick fights with people. But we're talking about two of the leaders of this team and Garrett Bowles and and Bradley Chubb. And the fact that they came right back out and kind of made amends – you know, the fact that Bulls had to be taken inside, by the way, is kind of impressive. This in not in the best way. But I mean, the the fact that he came back out, put his arm around Bradley Chubb, and you know, they they figured things out. I mean, that's that's the story here, right? They had a fight, it's over. And and so I don't know. I mean, you can attest to that man. being a player yourself, you know, knowing what it's like out there.
0: You know, it gets chippy. It's competition. As you mentioned, the grueling heat, you're you know, you're going through this. You've been doing this. It's just business football from the moment you wake up to the evening. I mean, these players are at the team facility for a very, very long time with limited breaks in terms of what they're able to do. Now, I think the real issue that Bradley Chubb had was the fact that, look, they weren't in pads. And so getting thrown to the ground and held on onto the ground, I think that was a little bit of an issue. We saw some yeah. fisticuffs with Aaron Donald and a Cowboys player over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see that on the first episode of <laughs> Hard Knocks this upcoming week. But, you know, Sarah, I, I, I do agree. You know, this is something that if it becomes a recurring issue, then obviously you have some concerns. But this, this was not an issue at all for the Broncos. The skirmish will happen, but they're moving on. But let's get some of our Broncos news and notes. On the injury side of things for the team on Sunday, Vic Fangio had announced that McTelvin regime dealing with a little bit of a groin issue. He's gonna be out for a few days. He's been a big impact player so far in camp. He's been making plays in Mike Purcell's absence. But the good news is Mike Purcell returned to practice on Sunday during the scrimmage at the Pat Bull Fieldhouse. Justin Sternott, who sat out Saturday due to some crapping, he was back as well. Deontay Spencer continues to be out with a little bit of a knee injury, which opens things up. We had George Stoya, the Gazette on Friday. He said, Look, the guy who's standing out is Trinity Benson. And I know when you were at Broncos camp, you saw him as one. You're like, hey, I want to see this guy return kicks. He's getting that opportunity now. And and how do you make of that? Considering some of these injuries right now, Tim Patrick dealing with the groin as well. He'll be out a few days, but looking at Trinity Benson's opportunity maybe to rise up with Deontay Spencer not being out there. I mean, I, I think it sets up nicely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think Benson is a guy who's making too many plays to really keep off the roster at this point. I mean, I hate to make it so black and white even this early. But he's just a guy, I mean, you look at his physical traits, you look at his speed, 4-4, uh, four, four, true 4-4, four, four, almost sub 4-4 four, four guy. And you're talking about somebody who did everything at East Central in Oklahoma. And, and so he's already proven versatile just based on the fact that he basically was asked and, and uh, you know required to do everything in college. So he's already done all the stuff that the Broncos are going to ask of him. The fact that he's been around for three off seasons now, I think is really significant. And and Deontay Spencer, I know you and I have talked about this before, but I just think his role has to be more prominent in the offense. If he's going to be sticking around on this roster, there's simply too much talent at receiver with Trinity Benson. Kendall Hinton was singled out by Vic Fangio earlier in the off season. Seth Williams drafted in the sixth round. And you've got to think long-term now with the potential of not having one of Tim Patrick or Cortland Sutton on the team after this season. So with Trinity Benson, I think the more you can do, the better chance you got at making the roster. But he's already somebody that this coaching staff and this front office obviously really likes – A lot. So I like his chances.
0: Well, and like I said, the the more receiving depth that you have, I think that you have a a lot of options because we see the NFL game now. The more receivers you have, the more you can do. Trinity Benson, in my opinion, he could fulfill that role behind a guy like KJ Hamler because they're both speedsters. And Mm -hmm. I think that both of those guys fit the similar bill. We've seen Trinity Benson make several plays downfield here in Broncos camp. So an interesting note to follow along there, but Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. Sarah and I, we're going to get into the discussion about Broncos Sunday scrimmage at the Pat bowl Fieldhouse. Some of the storylines, this was less of a scripted event. This was more of a game style scrimmage who stood out, what happened? We break it down coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, folks, I have to tell you about one of the sponsors of today's episode of the show. That's our good friends over there at Stat Hero. And do you know that 85 percent of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? I know I lose every time I play and I never really have too much success <laughs> with it. The game is rigged against you, and you're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance, but now you can change it with Stat Hero. Stat Hero is the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head to head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time, and no one else does that. You are in total control, and Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be. One on one. So play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free right now and you can get three times back on your first play today. They're giving you 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Once again, stathero.com slash locked on. All right, Sarah, jump into the second half action of today's episode, Locked On. Broncos, so stoked once again, ladies and gentlemen, to have Sarah here every single day, all year long. We're going to bring you an objective point of view on the Denver Broncos. We're going to react to games Afterwards, we have a lot in store, so make sure you stay along here, Lockdown Broncos. Make sure you hit that subscribe button here on the YouTube channel to continue to get daily video content and coverage of the team that you root for on Sundays. But let's get into our Sunday scrimmage notes here. More of a simulation. Now, the Broncos' plan, according to Vic Fangio, was to hold it initially at Empower Field at mile high, have a first half, go into the locker room, have a little bit of a break, come out as if you're simulating a real game experience. Unfortunately, the air quality kind of played a little bit of a role in that. So they held something similar at the Pat Bowl and Fieldhouse. Obviously, no fans were in attendance, but media were allowed. And so the reports coming out of Sunday's scrimmage is that Drew Locke tore it up in the first half several Long passes downfield, a 73-yard touchdown to Cortland Sutton uh, against the first-team defense. And Drew Locke was in a little bit more of a rhythm than Teddy Bridgewater. So, you know, I think as we go through this ongoing quarterback competition, and Vic Fangio said it afterwards, Sarah said it perfectly, no quarterback is gaining separation yet, right? Because this is still such a small body of work in comparison to where you go back to mandatory minicamp all the way to the end of the preseason. There's still so much more that these quarterbacks have to do and have to prove. Now I know everyone's been getting caught up in this whole who's winning the day, but Sarah, I think it's a marathon, not a sprint.
1: Yeah, it is. It really is. And I think that's exactly where we're at right now. And Vic Fangio is not going to tip his hand in any sort of way, you know, to the media is saying no separation, no separation. He's been saying that every single day. And I think that's kind of how we need to take it until we see these guys out on the field, actually playing a game. You know I mean? practice is great but i was i was telling somebody about my experience at camp you get these guys a few handful of reps or whatever and the next guy comes in they get a handful of reps the next guy comes in and then you cycle to a different drill and then you do a water break and then it's indie and then it's you know 7 on 7 and then it's this and then it's that there's no flow it's not a game you know you're not watching them play a game out there so there's not really a rhythm and flow to it and obviously, practice is essential. We understand that. You understand that even better than I do. But I think with the quarterbacks, you know the, these practices are a lot more like going out and either hitting the driving range or playing golf. You know, you're practicing you're practicing shots. you're practicing specific things. you're not you're not out there in a game situation every single day. So to hear that Drew Locke did really well in a game situation is very exciting. and and to hear that Cortland Sutton did, Uh, did great in the game situation a 73 yard touchdown that is maybe the best news I've heard all training camp just because of the fact of he's coming off the knee and that's an explosive player making an explosive play against a very very good defense so I think with the with the quarterback situation games are going to be huge the intra squads you know practices and scrimmage they have against the Vikings going to be huge.
0: Well, and I want to go to that too. You mentioned the defense. Well, there was a strong defensive play here by the Denver Broncos. One thing that they were able to do is that they were able to have Draymond Jones go against Graham Glasgow. And that Mm. served as a little bit of an issue. Uh, He bowed over Graham Glasgow. It would have been a sack on Drew Locke and also a 10 yard holding penalty. And then we got to see Natani Muti at right guard. Mm.
1: That's, that's what we've been waiting for. Right. I mean, that's what I personally want to see. Not that I'm waiting and counting down the days for Graham Glasgow to get off the team, But I think that as as much as you can have a homegrown offensive line, I think the better, you know, and that's why I'm so excited about the potential of Calvin Anderson potentially working out at right tackle as well. But you get Muti out there at the right guard position, you know that you're going to get an athletic, physical, strong freak of nature. And I think what Vic Fangio talked about the other day after practice is so huge. You know, in college, Natani Muti was not necessarily known as as a model of health. You know, there was it was like a solar eclipse or something, getting to watch him actually play. So, so the opportunity to have had him on the practice field now for a full year is, is humongous. I don't even know if Fresno state had that luxury. So to have him out there is, is really big. And, and I think with Mike Munchak as the coach, I hate to, I hate to overplay that, but I don't think you necessarily can, because I think his impact on those guys is so monumental that, that Garrett Bowles is really the the prime example of that, right? But with Mooty, I'd say, man, get him out there as fast as you can. Graham Glasgow's got to earn his money, man. He's got to go out there. He's a big money free agent. You know, you got to prove that you can hold your own against guys like Draymond Jones, who's an upper in the league and one of the best defensive linemen on the Broncos. But you've got to be able to be that Pro Bowl caliber guard because you're getting paid like one.
0: Well, and I think that it's going to be very interesting for us to watch the growth of Lloyd Cushing right now coming into the offseason. Everyone's talking about, hey, Quinn Miners is going to push him. Well, really, that's not Uh been the case. I mean, we haven't seen Quinn Miners really get any first team reps at all. And, And I think it goes back to where Vic Fangio had said that, you know, some guys it takes time for them to come along quickly. And for Lloyd Cushionberry, he was a third round pick on mm-hmm. a team that was just coming off of a national championship and a very historic offense at that, the college football level. Cushingberry is having a great off season. And Shelby Harris mentioned on his podcast that he's probably been the one guy he's noticed that's taken the big step and he has dominated so far. So it's good yeah. to be able to see that. Now there's other keys too: joint training camp practices. There's going to be a lot of situations where we hear about one-on-one reps. Now, you know, coming up this week, I don't think that Justin Jefferson will practice much, which is, you know, a bummer because he's a very talented receiver, obviously entering his second year. There's going to be some storylines you and I will look at, looking forward to seeing what we're aiming for this upcoming week at joint training camp practice, not to mention the preseason game. But let's talk about mm-hmm. the Broncos pass rush, too. We talked about Draymond Jones. McKelvin yeah. Gene has been having a great offseason, but Malik Reed, Bradley Chubb, these guys have had a dominant presence off the edge. And Draymond Jones and Malik Reed were two guys that stood out in Sunday scrimmage. You know, really, how far. Can this Broncos pass rush take this defense here in 2021?
1: I don't know that there's a limit to that. I think that's that's going to be a, one of the biggest assets on this team. And I don't remember if it was you that I was talking to about this or somebody else, but I think the pass rush was one of my biggest question marks going into the season. Obviously, you have the health concerns with Von Miller. Obviously, you have a couple of guys in Shelby Harris and Draymond Jones. And, and then also Purcell struggled with injuries last season. And you've got Malik Reed, who it's like, okay, two straight years of really, really solid relief work. What's his role gonna look like? Um, is Bradley Chubb coming off his injury as well? You know, the so many major despite so much talent. If these guys are all healthy, I don't see any limit to what they can do. We saw last season the, the fact that the sacks for Denver were so well spread out along that defensive front seven. I, I think they can do that again, but I think when you have a guy like Von Miller and then a healthy Bradley Chubb off the edge, those guys give you that that extra boost to get into potentially the top three in the league in sacks. So I think that's kind of been something that's slowly come together in Vic Fangio's first couple seasons in Denver, just really well-distributed sack production, um, and, and a lot of it as a result of good coverage. As you can att- – I'm watching a lot of your film reviews – a lot of these sacks that we've seen from these guys are the result of great coverage. So I think that with the Broncos having guys that can get home even faster, the sky is the limit for that, for that unit for sure.
0: NFL, please bring us back the All 22. Come on, on. Sarah. If that's gone this year, I don't know what I'm going to do because I think a lot of you know how I'm able to go back and see what happened in the game. I like to go back and watch every angle, right? The end zone, the sideline angle from the All 22, and and if that's not back this season, I think it's going to make things very difficult to be able to go through and watch and see you know what players did right or wrong based on the broadcast angle alone. So NFL, please. Please get it together. Please get this right for all of us. But uh, Rocco's country coming up here in just a moment. Sarah and I, we're going to get into a conversation about what we hope to see this upcoming week with joint training camp practices and also ahead of the team's first preseason action against the Minnesota Vikings. I'm stoked for it. I know Rocco's country is as well, but before we do that, we got to pay the bills and we're going to get to our other sponsors of today's episode show. It's a good friends over there at built bar and bet online. Now with built bar, they're the best tasting protein bar that is out there on the market. Best tasting and also the healthiest for you. The bars, they're covered in 100% chocolate. It's a little bit different than what you get from normal protein bars, but same bang for your buck. It tastes legitimately like a candy bar. They have nine amazing, delicious flavors. My personal favorite is salted caramel, double chocolate, and the occasional limited time flavor that they have for everybody to try every once in a while. Some really good taste options there. The grasshopper cookie, thin mint, and also fudge combination. It is really good. Built.com has you covered there. But also, as I mentioned, too, they're the healthiest protein bars out there for you. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar. And I want you to get your hands on a box of Built Bar today by going to build.com. And when you go to checkout, use promo code LOCK15. It's going to get you 15% off your next order. Once again, promo code LOCK15 is going to get you 15% off your next order at Built.com. And our good friends over there, BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The NFL preseason is here this week, and BetOnline has you covered. You get all the latest news, odds, and sporting info on all your sports, including NFL NHL, MLB, NBA, and all of your UFC and MMA action. You don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game with sports returning. And I want you to head to the website right now or use your mobile device to sign up today. And you can get 50% off your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Now, Sarah, jump into the fourth quarter action of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. We're talking about Sunday scrimmage. The Broncos, they are back in action here on Monday. Then they're going to be traveling a little bit to the Minnesota Vikings. Now, I wouldn't expect them to do much outside of a walkthrough here on Monday. Then they're going to travel Tuesday, then Wednesday and Thursday. It is go time. I wanted to ask you this, too, because I think this is a relevant question. We know that the Broncos are one of the most vaccinated teams in the NFL and we look at the minnesota vikings they're the least vaccinated team is this a little uh-huh. bit of a cause for concern for the broncos when we talk about health and safety
1: you know i think a little bit for sure especially when you're talking about competitive advantage because these these guys you know they're getting flagged for these positive test results when a lot of times none of them are feeling symptoms or things like that and they have to sit out the mandated amount of time. so if the broncos players catch you know catch it from somebody and even aren't getting sick from it I think that is a a bit of an issue and I think I wonder how the NFL is going to approach this over the course of the preseason just to see kind of like how this kind of thing goes how the joint practices affect you know their overall numbers with this because it's going to impact the season one way or another in my opinion so I do think it puts you at a bit of a competitive disadvantage to say all right you know, we're the we're following the rules. We're, we're we've got our players getting vaccinated. You know, we're using that to our advantage. And then this other team's not. And it could potentially impact our guys. So I do see that potentially being an issue. I hope it's not. Um, man, God willing, everybody just stays healthy and nobody gets sick. None of that stuff. Obviously, you know,
0: don't want any of that. But I, yeah. I think it potentially could. Well, with these joint training camp practices, what are a couple of things that you want to see this week from the Broncos? I'll give something, you know, for me, I want to see them compete. You know, when you're going against your own guys, you get that little bit of frustration that boils up because, you know, sometimes the defense knows exactly what the offense is doing and the offense knows what the defense is doing and vice versa. You see these splits here, but when you're going against somebody else, you were seeing a brand new look offensive Mm -hmm. schemes you haven't seen before so far this off season. And it's going to give you a little bit of an idea, maybe what to expect in Saturday's preseason action. I just want to see them compete and come away healthy this week.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Healthy, healthy, healthy. That's the number one goal. Uh, number two and maybe three. I'd love to see where they're gonna put Patrick Sertan um against who? You know, is it gonna be Irv Smith Jr. on that Vikings offense? Are they gonna really match him up and kind of not necessarily give away what they're hoping to and planning to do with him in that dime package? But man, I would love to see a lot of that when they're out there with the the number one defense. And just in general watching that secondary go up against another team in live reps i think is going to be a lot of fun like you mentioned earlier the one-on-ones i think that's going to be a lot of fun even if justin jefferson's not out there i think adam thielen is going to be uh plenty enough to handle for any of those broncos secondary players so can't wait to see that also can't wait to see jerry judy get a shot at another another team's dbs you know and and that's always fun to watch, even if it's the Broncos. And, and unfortunately, man, when I was at training camp, man, P.J. Locke was just a victim big time <laughs> of Jerry Judy out there in one-on-one. So kudos to him yeah. for giving it a shot, right? <laughs>
0: but Absolutely. I, yeah. Well, and that's a thing, too. He's going to be going against Patrick Peterson, Cam Dantzler. I'm excited to see both Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy work against those guys. You have, obviously, Harrison Smith on the back end of that safety unit there. But, you know, it's going to be a good test, not to mention Minnesota's defense. They're returning a lot of guys back this year from injury. So these team periods, 11-on-11 red zone periods, I think will be critical. Now, I think this is the week where the Broncos coaches, they get the practice tape. And they go through it. and i think the evaluations matter a little bit more this week because as you mentioned it's not against guys that know what you're doing you're going to be able mm-hmm. to see how they execute against somebody else and obviously the preseason this upcoming saturday will be huge uh that's yep. one of my biggest things there too now for me, my final note that I'm going to make here, I think that what happens in the game is ultimately going to determine what the Broncos decide to do ahead of the week one season opener against the New York Giants. I think that yeah. our emphasis, too, in Broncos country, I hope you understand is Look, practice has its value. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But the true evaluating yeah. factor – comes in game situations Yes, and going back to Sunday scrimmage drew lock had a pretty good first half he lit up the scoreboard second half struggled in the red zone period the Broncos offense as a whole did Teddy Bridgewater bounced back a little bit had a touchdown throw to Seth Williams against Jamar Johnson but I want to see more consistency and Will we be able to see that in preseason game number one? I don't know. That's the big question. We're going to have you covered here this week on Lockdown Broncos and also coming ahead this week here on the show, Sarah and I, we're going to be talking with Luke Braun, the host of the Lockdown Vikings podcast, in crossover Thursday to preview all the action and maybe even to recap some of these joint training camp practices. But Broncos country, so stoked to have Sarah along this journey. Sarah, episode one in the books, full-time as the coach, my man. I can't wait for more.
1: Feels great, man. Feels great. I'm so excited
0: and uh, can't wait for the rest of the season. Can't wait for game number one, man. Here we go. It's football season. We're here. And and ladies and gentlemen, you can follow Sarah on Twitter at Sarah Benninger. Make sure you follow the podcast at Lockdown Broncos. Follow and subscribe on your favorite audio podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or the Odyssey app. Not to mention if you're watching this on YouTube, we're here every day in video content. You get to see our beautiful faces. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on daily objective Broncos coverage that you get here on Lockdown Broncos. Speaking for Sarah, we'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.